1: John, Welcome back to the Fantasy Weekend Update. I'm Cam Stewart, George Kurtz. Hopefully you guys are having a good weekend, getting you set for the betting board and some DFS play. Baseball games right around the corner, and Kurtz's Yankees are going to start things off with the day there, George. Nice early start for you to get you into the mood. You can watch the Yankee game, and then uh, I don't know what else you're going to do. Probably something with the children, but it's a good start to the day. When the game's on early, you can plan the rest
2: of your day, which is nice. Very Uh, nice. I think you're looking at the wrong schedule. Yankees are not on early. <laughs> Yankees don't play. They're six. not on at one o'clock. Oh, no, what the hell am I, what am I looking at? The bad guys are oh, yeah. out of one. Boston. <laughs> the bad guys. The bad guys
1: are out of one. <laughs> I'm losing my mind, George. I'm looking at, yeah, you're right. Is that getting double vision? Okay, yeah, you're absolutely right. The Boston Red Sox. we got a couple double headers and stuff in uh, baseball today, too. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah, yeah. Boston and Seattle. Good call, George. Porcello and Hernandez. Yeah, the stooge moved by me. Do you see the total in this game? 11. 11. Yeah. Uh, Porcello and Hernandez. That's a big, big total. But we know at Fenway, well, they got, what did they put up? Fifteen last night, so yeah, that that's tied for a reason.
2: They're banking on Hernandez getting lit up. I mean, uh, the Yankees destroyed yep. Hernandez earlier in the week, and that was with the Yankee lineup, which we know is you know pretty pretty bad right now. And I don't think I, they think Hernandez is going to get lit up again. Which I think they're right. Uh, I mean, it's minus. I got minus one ninety five. I, I can't take. I can't take that straight. Up. Maybe a parlay. Maybe a parlay parlay. That over under is still high for me. I mean, really, Porcello's pitched well. Seattle's not hitting as well as they were. You know, earlier in the season, you look at the lineups here, uh, no D. Gordon today, uh JB Crawford's batting second for Seattle. Uh Vogelbach I mean it's Mitch Hanager, Crawford, and Vogelback, Vogelbach, Santana, Bruce, Navar Narvaez, Healy, and Shed Long is the Seattle lineup. Mm. That doesn't scare me all that much. You know the Sox have their normal lineup. Yeah, Sox sucks have their normal lineup. They have Benatendi, Betts, J.D. Martinez, Moreland, Xander Bogarts, Rafael Devers, who's hot again, Michael Chavis, who's not, uh, Jackie Bradley and Sandy Leone. So I don't know. Uh, I think I'll probably end up doing some kind of parlay with this game. As far as the I think the Red Sox are going to win fairly easily, but I don't I don't think I can do the over. I don't I can't go over 11. Can't go under either for that matter. But I don't think I can touch the over on the—
1: yeah, that, that's that's the first game that goes off there at uh, 105, and then 210, a flurry of action after that. Before we got uh, Detroit and Minnesota in the 210 game. Before we get to the baseball board, George, uh, see the story uh, with uh, Bobrovsky. I guess he's uh, leaving Columbus too. Uh, he put up his home for sale. That's a that's an obvious sign.
2: He gone. Yeah, we knew this. Right, this is this is why Columbus felt uh, had such a tough choice at the uh, trade deadline. Do you call uh, in? It? They all put the chips out. all in, George. Yeah, yeah they, all in, they, and uh, yeah, they know. pushed them all mm. in. I, I don't, I don't know if I could have done that because at that point, at the trade deadline, you know, even with these trades you made, you weren't going to be the best team. Yes, you ended up be- beating with who we thought was the best team in Tampa Bay, but it was a major gamble there, and now you're you're sort of screwed. Not that you traded away, you know, you, tra- you didn't trade away your top prospects or number one picks so much. But if you would have traded Bobrovsky and or Panarin, what could you have brought in? And You said it, Bobrovsky's yeah. gone now. He'll be the number one goalie out there on the free agent market. He'll get a, a big contract, whether it's from Florida or another team. And you know, same thing with Panarin. We know he's certainly gone as well. He uh, has already stated he wants to go to a team that's close to a body of water. Uh, okay. You know, uh, whatever, yeah, okay. Whatever, whatever floats your boat. <laughs> uh-huh. That's the first I've ever heard of that. Okay, yeah, you, so that's almost every
1: team. <laughs> I know. I think he wants the island. Ocean. You got water. Toronto, you got water. Right. Oh, so he
2: so he wants to go out west. He wants no. Either, I, uh, he FD didn't FD say Charky that. or what? Well, a lot of people are speculating <laughs> that he's going to Florida with Joel Quinville because he yeah, and Quenville Florida get along very well. Yeah. Well, he has a lot of water. He has Makes a relationship sense. with Quenville, so that does make <laughs> sense. But let me ask you something. You know, they don't really need Panarin. They have plenty of goal scorers in Florida. They could use that's Baboski. the thing.
1: But they can use Borowski. a hundred percent. What has been Florida's problem throughout the the, the history of, of being probably the most overrated team in the league year after year, and us waiting for them to make the playoffs? Goaltending has been a huge huge issue. Luongo's goes up and down, and uh, they all have they have really good talented snipers. I think they need to get a little bit tougher. That's what they need. Like you know, Hoffman's a, a good addition, but just underachieving. And uh, another another defenseman too, like Ekblad, kind of carries the load there. They have a lot of no name guys, but. They have a lot of Panarin's on their team. He's kind of like, uh, yeah, he's like, uh, the, you know, what? It, look at the forwards that they have. All those guys, you know, Huberdo and all them. They don't, they, 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 need, they need like a, a tougher, a big tough defenseman, and I think a goaltender. They don't need I, Panarin, as I. But hey, I'll take Panarin. But I'm just saying, there's other
2: needs ahead of him. Every team would take Panarin, but yeah, I agree with you. I think oh, he's, yeah. an, he, he's an exit. He's not their, their top need. You know, their top need has to be a goaltender. I love Luongo. Yeah, you know, I lo- love him. He's, on, he's a great career. Great career, funny guy. great great social media. And yeah, his his, like his account right? on Twitter is fantastic. He's, he is funny with Strombone. He's uh, extremely funny. So uh, and I, you like to see that from an athlete. But his time as a starting goaltender is done. Hell, his time as a goaltender period might be done. You know, that big yeah. thing. We certainly know better than a backup right now. So I think Bobrowski is much more important to them or another starting goaltender. As a, Everybody would love Panarin. You know, and every team needs a, oh, a defenseman, a big, strong defenseman. I and mean, who doesn't need that outside of maybe Nashville? You know, we uh, every team needs uh, yeah. a strong defenseman here. So uh, I'm curious. Listen, I was curious to anybody else to see what happens here. But if I had to bet, if I was guessing, I would say one of Bobrovsky and or Panarin end up in uh, Florida. I think one definitely goes there because the as I said, Bobrovsky, there's a need. Panarin, there's a relationship.
1: Yeah, no, I I agree with you. Uh, you know, it, uh, both of our teams too, George. Not I know we're not really. I'm not really into the double IHF World Championships. Canada losing to Finland, USA losing to Slovakia. I guess uh, we have bigger fish to fry. I guess the players left in the playoffs, but uh, not a, not not a real good start there for our, our nations, George. Getting beat down by lesser like countries. Not cool. Over the hockey board, too. We'll take a look at the the game tonight. I don't know why the hell they didn't play last night. It was so stupid. Why didn't TV! They play, why
2: didn't they play a game had last night? Had to be TV. Had to be TV. Really? H- had to be, because uh, it's Friday night. Friday night's the worst TV night Come Friday, on, Saturday, George Saturday, no, the worst but, TV. But,
1: but here's the thing. Here's the thing, okay? Me and you were, ru- me and you were running the league, and I don't want to bitch and complain because, you know, trying to be in a good mood. It's the weekend and whatever. But you have one basketball game that people are going to watch anyway, a huge elimination game between Golden State and Houston. I get it. But that's the only that, – that it's a perfect, perfect spot. Other than only baseball, there was nothing else there. And you know all the hardcore people are craving for it, right? There's no Boston-Carolina game either. It could have been perfect. Now you have a Saturday night game. There's UFC tonight. There's a million baseball games tonight. There's other sports going on you know what i mean they, i just think friday night would have been a real nice night to do it but hey you want saturday night i guess people are going to watch but i would have put it on last night there was no need but for you, the extra day of rest
2: that's my you opinion would have, you would have had saturday night anyway right because now boston yeah. uh, and, they, and carolina they're getting two days rest so either way you were playing saturday night i would not have gone dark i don't i think it's stupid to go dark you got some momentum right with everything that's going on are you going yeah, dark yeah. for a night you know, especially if if you want to go dark, then go dark on the Thursday night. Give the team Canucks a rest, and go Friday, Saturday, and keep on from there. I don't think it made any sense. I thought it was strange. No, but it's the NHL. I've come to expect this from the NHL. But my guess is, oh, TV- I know, George. Yeah, the ratings had it say, "Oh, you know, Friday night's a bad night for hockey, whatever the hell it is." Uh, it, it's just silly, you know. And well, one injury news in hockey, by the way, John Tavares suffered an oblique injury. He's out yeah, uh, for about, yeah, a, about yeah. a month. As uh, a Maple Leaf, owners don't have to worry yeah. about it. He'll be fine before training yeah. camp. But oblique injury. Yeah, see He's all the other injuries they out. have though. Hyman Hyman's
1: hurt. Travis Dermott's out six months. Like they got a lot of problems, man. I know my Babcock's coming back. Uh, GM Kyle Dubas said, "You know, there's no no problem there. I got to be honest with you, and I'm just gonna be I'm just gonna be fair. I think he did a horrible job, an absolute horrible job coaching this team. The guy's the highest paid coach in the National Hockey League, George. The way he rolls out uh, his third and fourth line in comparison to other coaches, like it's stupid. He doesn't play his stars enough. I, I I honestly think he outthinks himself a lot of the time, and some of these guys do. They just, you know what I mean? They just think too much, and it works out to be a a real real negative. And I think he did a horrible job in that series against the Bruins." Really? When you really think about that Detroit, the Detroit teams too. He had great players on his team. Like, what's Mike Babcock? Like, I, I, I'm gonna say, like the guy coached at McGill in Canada. Like, I'm not gonna be one of these guys who's just gonna kiss his ass and say he's brilliant when I really don't think he is. That's my take. Well, you're not the only I think one. It's we've, heard that,
2: we've heard that quite a bit, you know, about Babcock and uh, they talk the this guy th- like a god. What's he done? The big thing for uh, Toronto, though, almost at Detroit, but uh, Toronto will be Mitch Marner. Yeah. Because, all right, we know in in the NHL you have have the unwritten rule of you no one offers anybody offer sheets, but if someone's going to offer it, I mean, if anybody wants to do it, they can do it, and they can easily, easily make that offer sheet where Toronto can't match because Toronto's up against the cap. They have all sorts of issues there, so I'm curious. You know, I, I put up the conspiracy theory with the Islanders, you know, Lamarello, probably not thrilled with how his tenure ended in Toronto. I don't want to say they forced him out, but sort of pushed him out. You know, yeah, Islanders yep. lost Tavares to Toronto. So it'd be a great Good way to Actually, back at George, it. It'd be a great it'd be it, a great they have the cap room it and makes they a need it. It's a huge need for the Islanders to get that kind of player in there. Once again, it's a huge need for everybody. Everybody could use a Mitch Yeah. But uh, it, it's, a, it's a conspiracy theory. But I think Lou is also old school where he's not going to be the one that does it. But I do wonder if there'll be a team out there that does, that realizes you can get a top player in the NHL. You can easily make the oversheet where Toronto can't match because they're, uh, they have major cap problems here. I just wonder if this is going to uh, be the year where finally we see somebody do this. You know, go after Mitch Marner. Uh, I'm curious. You know, once again, it's it's, uh, it's I like to point out these sort of things. These are they don't come to fruition, but it's fun to talk about and it's fun to think about, especially yep. when my the team I root for might be involved. Well, the thing is, George,
1: it's very complicated, too, because when you think about it, uh, Mitch Marner's uh, parent is, like, really, really involved. A lot of tweets and stuff out there about his ice time and whatever. I know he's friends with Austin Matthews. Hell, they do commercials here uh, for, like, a phone company and whatever. They hang out. They know each other. But Mitch Marner's dad's kind of like one of those guys. He doesn't want his son to play second fiddle. And I'd like to see what kind of uh, impact he'll have on his career move. I think Toronto will do everything to keep him around. They need him. It's obviously been proven, but... It's one of those things that you bring up. There's a lot of factors that wouldn't shock me if he left. You know what I mean? There's a. It's not just so cut and dry. Like yes, he's staying. Him and Matthews are boys. This is what's going to happen. They're going to grow together. There's a lot of external factors, family and other things, and a guy who wants to get paid because he wants to be a front runner. He might just say, you know what? Screw it. I'm taking the money and uh, see you later,
2: everybody. I'm gone. Well, that's what that's what it comes down to, right? Two things. Do you want the most money, which won't be with Toronto? Yeah, That's pretty much with anybody, by the way. You generally have to leave your team to get the most money. Uh, Tavares did not take the most money. I pointed this out over and over again. The San Jose Sharks actually offered the most money. The Islanders were second. Toronto was third. You know, he, he chose the less money because he wanted to go back home, which is fine. That doesn't, that doesn't bother me at all. Once again, players should have a right to play where they want to play. I'm from New York. I'd probably want to play in New York. I want to stay at home with my family. Yeah, or maybe I, hate the, maybe I hate the cold weather and I want to go down to uh, Florida or California where it's warm all the time. Or maybe nice. I'm Panarin and yeah, I want a body good. of water, whatever the hell it is. you know. So I, I get that. But uh, with Mitt Marner, it's either going to be most money, which will be someplace else, or – best team which is li- likely or you know best players around me best uh uncomfortable which is likely to be toronto that's what he's going to have to weigh you know does he want every penny possible you know is it, this pro- might be his last chance to get a huge big contract you know that sort of thing here yeah, then he'll have to leave or he'll have to force his way out, whatever it's going to be or not sign a contract whatever and they'll play that game or does he want to uh, be where i want to play with matthews i want to play with Tavares. i want to know that we're going to be um maybe not a great team but a good team we're going to score a lot of goals more fun rather than go to let's say the Islanders where even if I go there yeah they're a decent squad but we don't have much offensive firepower I'm going to face the, uh, the top defensive unit every game there's a lot to weigh here about what kind of player he wants to be or does he want to go to a team like the Islanders or another team at, where he's the star the he's the man dog. the yeah. big dog right he's the man You know, and then one thing for the Islanders to consider, and once again, you, you, Gabe and I are always talking about this, is anybody going to the Islanders when they're going to have to play in Brooklyn and the Coliseum for at least two more seasons, probably three? And that's assuming things work out perfectly with Belmont. and you know how I feel about that. You know, so I don't know if the Islanders can really bring in anybody, because I'll be honest. If I'm a a, star, Mitch Marner, I'm not signing with the Islanders. I don't want to play in Barclays and the Coliseum to make those trips. I'm just not doing that. Not when I have plenty of other choices.
1: Yeah, I know it's it's going to be interesting though, George, because as I told you before, like his his father, like there's a lot of social media stuff with Like I don't know what kind of influence his parents have, but it's one of those things. I like think there's been a lot of uh, ins and outs. Like when he when he's come on and not got enough ice time, I remember his dad was very very vocal about it. It's kind of it's a, it's a very very interesting situation because I think a lot of teams are going to throw their hat in the ring for a guy like Mitch Marner for sure. I don't think the Leafs are a total lock, even though they're the favorite. Okay, George. Well, we finally got the other series there going uh, tonight. We talk about that. S.J. Sharkey laying a buck thirty-five total in the game, five and a half uh, plus money to the over. If you like six goals, it's kind of interesting. The Blues don't score a lot, but St. Louis on the puck line plus one and a half, minus two forty-five. San Jose minus one and a half, plus two hundred five. I- I'm in on the Blues. At plus 115, I think uh, they're, they're an underrated team, and I was wrong about the Stars. I thought the Stars were going to beat them, George, and just very, very impressed with the way they threw, threw them down. I know the Sharks have the depth, but I'm on the Blues, and I'm on the Blues in the series at plus 120 as well. What are your thoughts, Mr. Kurtz? You know your pucks uh, should be a great one.
2: The Blues were really good in game seven against the Stars. What, they they held the Stars to oh, they four dominated. shots in the second and third period. It was crazy. Four total. And the Stars four were total shots. They were, four I total know, shots. George,
1: they dominated them. Like, if not for Ben Bishop, they would have won that game by, like, uh, Blues would have won by, like, five, six goals. Easy. Exactly, they're good. Yeah, Bishop, they're getting better, too, I think.
2: Bishop did everything he could to keep the stars in that game, and uh, hey, listen—you uh, you can make an argument if you watch that game. Jamie Ben, if he would have done a better wraparound, he would have scored. Because although, yep. uh, I know although the Benny,
1: goalie's pad was in the damn
2: net. It was in the net. <laughs> his—he was there, but his yeah. pad was in the net. If Ben did a true bat, wraparound, that would have been a goal. Uh, not to, I'm not saying you can blame Ben, by the way. I'm just saying if he would have done a true wraparound, it would have been a goal, which. Uh, Probably 90% of the time, that's what they do when they get stuffed. But this time it would have worked. So uh, scary there. All right, uh, I, I, I have the Sharks in seven as far as the series is concerned. Here, I think the Sharks are the better overall oh, team. No. Pavelski's back, and I like this. Uh, as Sharks are one minus. I got minus 130. Uh, the overrun is the same as yours. Oh, wow. Yeah, so uh, I'm probably not taking the minus 130 tonight. I I wish the over-under was six. I really want to go under here, but I'm not going to touch it at five and a half. I think I'm leaving this alone, Cam. Right now, I think I'm leaving this game alone.
1: Wow. What a, I don't know what to call you anymore, George. Don Donnie, Donnie Discipline. That's what Gabe called me. I'm calling George that. George might lay off. See, people? This is a lesson in gambling. He doesn't like it. He's not forcing it. He knows he's got uh, dinner with the wife and kids tonight and other baseball games on the board. That's George Kurtz. Stay in put. Stick around, everybody. More fantasy talk and gambling after the break. Like some uh, crime uh, theme song, there, right, George? That's got like kind of like a a police kind of crime beat going on there. Welcome back to the show. I'm Cam Stewart along with George Kurtz. Weekend fantasy update here. We're just going through all, all the lines and boards. Uh, yeah, I don't know what to tell you, George. It's uh, one of the one, one of those crazy weekends, and it's actually sad. The more I look at the board, I just see games diminishing. No more two games, like one game. And, uh, yeah, it sucks as uh, everything continues to wind down, buddy. Soon it's going to be over, and then it's going to be uh, the dog days of summer. We got baseball, but uh, I'll have to get you into the Canadian Football League. That'll be uh, the next step. <laughs>
2: God, I haven't watched the CFL since like the '80s. Uh, you know, the Stampeders <laughs> versus the uh, the Rough Riders, and yeah, uh, the the best is when they had two
1: Rough Riders. That's <laughs> right, yes. Rough Riders versus Rough Riders. <laughs> the top, <laughs> they made fun of it on South A Canada Stadium, Rough Riders versus Rough Riders. <laughs> Uh, God, so it, yeah, the Argos, the yeah, it's uh, it's fun. We'll get you into the league, George. You'll have a good time. CFL's pretty wild. It's very unpredictable. I'll tell you that. It reminds reminds yeah, you a little a bit lot of, the, of, uh, lot of the Arena
2: Football League with the uh, you know the uh, focus on uh, offensive scoring points, which is then again what most leagues are trying to do nowadays.
1: That's very very true. So uh, you're going to pass tonight, there, George. You're going to pass on. Uh, well, you know, I say that now, Arky. Very very. T- yeah, yeah, yeah. It's at eight oh eight, so you love time. Right, to, I, like, I got time. Uh,
2: go over your monies. I, that's exactly what it'll be too. Uh, what, how how does my day go? How does my night go? Uh, I'm looking at this. I'm sure there's late baseball games too. Braves done. Yeah, there's a bunch of late baseball games. Yep. Ton. So uh, yeah, it's more than I would think. It's like six six of them. So uh, I'll be betting something tonight, but I'll see how my day goes and if I uh, if I'm gonna be home tonight, I'll be a play a big part of it as well. I was supposed to go to Pennsylvania today, but now it looks like I'm really? not going. Really? Yeah, my wife wants to go. My wife has a, one of her pretty much her best friends in Pennsylvania, so we were gonna go there for her birthday. But my wife got called into work last night, and she's up right now taking my uh, youngest to soccer practice. So she, my wife's exhausted; she hasn't slept now. I don't blame we're, her. Yeah, so she doesn't wanna she doesn't wanna go anymore. Lord knows I don't wanna go. So uh, if she says we're staying home. Then I'm staying home. No problem here. I'm already going out tomorrow for Mother's Day, so uh, I'm good to stay home. Yeah, today me and too. Watch, I'm going out. watch of town. the games all day. Go-
1: yeah, going out of town for Mother's Day. That's uh, Georgia. I was gonna say, like, uh, how far is the Pennsylvania trip there? That doesn't seem like a short one. How long is the drive?
2: Um, I think it's uh, it's not that bad as far as uh, drive. Like a drive. Three hours? About two to three hours, I believe. Yeah, it's not too bad. Uh, only, yeah, it's not. It's not terrible. It depends. Pennsylvania's a long state. We're not going to Pittsburgh, for sure me. is, or that. Yeah. but uh, it's it's not too bad.
1: Yeah, yeah, well, uh, yeah, I know. I, I was t- taking, thinking about taking a little road trip, a road trip as well. It's hard, though, on the weekends. I know we're busy guys. we got things to do. What about Sunday's game, Georgia? I actually took a shot with um – Carolina in the series it was more of a hard play I didn't go very hard on it and uh, I will say this um, for 40 minutes they looked like the better team they dominated but what else do we know about Boston I'll give them total credit the most opportunistic I didn't think uh, some uh, I thought they got some great calls in that game and uh, they capitalized when they did former Bruin uh, Dougie Hamilton uh, really got into penalty trouble and they uh, made him pay the price with a late flurry and uh, couldn't even get that puck line covered George very frustrating but the Bruins do it again Bob from Boston's Bruins Doing damage to me.
2: The first thing I wonder uh, from watching this game, I thought I thought, uh, thought Britain right would make a mistake going to uh, Morazic I would have kept McIlhenny in net. You know, interesting. Yeah, uh, I, I said that on, a, on another show. I, I would have kept McIlhenny McEl, uh, in net only because McIlhenny played well in the first couple of games on the, when he got covered for Morazic against the Islanders. Played very well. If it ain't broke, I'm not fixing it. I would have kept up with the guy who was playing well. Not that these goals yep. were Morazic's fault. I'm not saying that, but I would have stayed, stayed with uh, yeah. Magel. He wasn't as
1: sharp as he was though. Like he wasn't on the first goal. Like I know it was, it was tough to say, but he didn't look like the Morazic of the Islander series. I'll give you that. Like he wasn't the same goalie.
2: Yeah, so I said I would. I would just. Would, I'm, I'm not a big believer in. Since it's not like Morazic was the starting starting goaltender all year long. That would be exactly. different if he was, you know, if if he was, uh, you know, Tuka Rask or, you know, uh, Pekka Renee, John Lequik, like the Quick, something the starter all year long, Vasilevsky, that's different. But they were pretty much, you know, quasi one and one a. So I would I wouldn't have made the change. Here. I don't I don't like fixing if it's not broken, it's working. And McIlhenny was working. I said not that it would have made a difference in this game. As for the penalties, I thought most were legit. Uh, you know, I, I think they missed some calls against Carolina too. And there was one play I, yeah. where uh, the one guy was slew-footed. I think was Fogle slew-footed somebody right off the middle of the ice. It would have been a, could have been a tap and goal, a two-on-one, and they didn't call that. So I don't, I don't think Carolina could complain too much. The reverse check that uh, Hamilton did, so you look at it, you slow it down. He definitely had his uh, elbow on his face. I don't know what the argument is there. Other than that, at high speed, it's a little harder to see. And maybe it's uh, something that's not always called. I'll give you that. But I don't think you can argue that's a penalty. You know, I don't think you can argue that. So, uh yeah, it is what it is, but I wonder this, Cam, you know, and this is what I wonder with you know, with the islands in that uh, against Carolina. The magic ran out, and I'm wondering if it's the yeah. same thing now for Carolina. I wonder if the magic is just running out. Boston, we know is that at least we, I think most of us assume they're the better team. So I just wonder if the magic has run out now, and, and this is going to be an a excellent
1: previous, point, George. Pretty serious. Excellent point you bring up, and there, there's no other sport that you see the magic run out as in as in hockey because you can get on these Tootsie rolls and feel real good about yourselves, and it's so momentum based because it's so fast and violent and whatever. And when you get on a good good roll like Carolina did, when you beat Washington and coming back yeah, there's this vibe that like we can't be stopped. And when you lose a heartbreaker with the lead, it really does. It does things to you. Like, look what happened with Columbus. The magic that they had against Tampa Bay, and then all of a sudden, ee, Boston put the brakes on. Carolina, same thing. Kind of, you look at them and go, hmm, they don't look like they have the same kind of jump in their step. And, and conversely, I think St. Louis is a team that is... You know, acquiring magic as it goes on, like the way they played, they just got better and better and tougher and tougher. But you know, uh, that's going to be a great game tonight. But the uh, game two tomorrow, Boston's minus 160 and Carolina's plus 120. Total five and a half. Uh, I think Carolina's worth a look at plus 140 for the split, though. Like that's uh, that's pretty hefty juice there, George. Even though they lost the first game, they dominated enough to- uh, for enough of that for a first game to say plus 140 is a pretty good price.
2: I don't quite have that. I got 135. It's close enough. Okay. I, I, I got to tell you, right now, I'm just not feeling any kind of confidence towards Carolina. I'm, I'm just not. I, uh, this is one where it's my I got minus 160 for Boston. I feel better about Boston. Even the uh, the puck line, I don't, I'm getting plus a goal and a half for Carolina. Uh, no. Minus I 210. Think, is. I think, if anything, I would be taking the over. I think goals going to be scored. I, I, yep. once again, I worry about Carolina, so I think goals going to be scored here. I think I like the over five and a half uh, tomorrow. The, both series have five and a half, so uh, I think I like the over much more than the game itself. I, I everything's telling me that Carolina, like I said, the, the clock struck midnight, turning back into a pumpkin. It, it they're just you know, it's done. We're sure what the island is. It's just done. You know, the the magic only goes so far, and it, it's it's poof, it's done, it's out.
1: To win outright, George. Bruins plus one thirty five, Sharks plus two thirty, Blues plus three fifty, Canes plus sixty five. Uh, uh, out of all those teams, you like the Bruins the best at plus one thirty five. They're the favorite now.
2: Yeah, I would like the Bruins. One, show. Uh, Blues would be too. I, listen, I think this uh, Blues Sharks game is going to be close. That's why I can't uh, touch it because I think three yeah. two, one way or the other. I mean, the empty net go, who the hell knows? But I think these. I in the way the Blues, the Blues were impressive. We just said how they sh- shut down the Stars in that second third period. That's it. No offense for you. You know, that's what it was. No offense yep. for you. You're done. You know, <laughs> exactly. I, I do think the Sharks and are the... they're mean. They're, they're tough, too. Yes. Like I look, look at that, the makeup of that
1: team, George. Like, look at the players that are good on that team. So Ryan O'Reilly is one of the best players. He didn't play well. Tarasenko is a sniper. He didn't even play that well. What are all the other guys do? Schwartz can play a two-way game. He can hit hit you. Like he, he's an animal, actually. Very underrated uh, offensive uh, guy who can hit. Um, same with Perron. He's known to be a little bit of a dirty player. He can get in, He can get in your grill. The power forwards that they have are very, very physical. And that's one thing about San Jose. They're an older team. And that's dangerous. That's dangerous because I saw what they did to Dallas wearing them down. If you're the Sharks, you have to be concerned because I know Burns plays that type of game. But San Jose's forwards are a lot more flashier, whereas I think St. Louis is a very physical, tough team and will pose a horrible matchup for San Jose. That's my that's my take.
2: I see, but I, I'll, I'll throw the other viewpoint for you. One thing St. Louis has okay. had to face is a team now with three lines. Uh, All yeah, right. I know. Good. That's, we know uh, San Jose got a top line, Tina, uh, Timo Meyer, Kucher, Nyquist. Second line is Kane, who's done nothing in these playoffs, by the way. Hurdle, Pavelski. Third line's got Thornton, LeBanc, and Sorensen. I mean, that's good. Even the, even the fourth line, Melo Colson, uh, Donskoy. These guys have scored some points. Kutcher was the center. That bit. fourth line's amazing. Right. I mean, Great this is line. really, really, this is a deep, deep, deep team. Uh, you mentioned Brett Burns. You better, you better have your head on a swivel. This guy's taking people out. And legally. He's taking people out legally. He's got a big body. He's hitting people. Carlson, uh, yeah, Carlson's working with the defensive zone is uh, mm, shaky. We'll say shaky to put it nicely. I I know what I'm going to say. I'm going to actually
1: say bad. Yeah, terrible. That's that's what I'll say. I'm not even going to say shaky. I don't know if this guy won a Norris Trophy. (laughs) I'll tell you that. His defensive play sucks. It sucks.
2: And he'll be exposed. Norris trophy is kind of a joke because it's just really the best offensive defenseman. It is, you know, and so yeah, he's not—he's so not, he's not good very good George. at his own end. But I've loved the way Vlasic has played, I and mean, Vlasic's played fantastic in these playoffs. Once again, he's been a he,
1: shutdown guy. You're right; he's, he's, so he's a playoff
2: player. He's a playoff player. He's a guy who, yeah, the he, regular season he, yeah. on, it's Vlasic. Who cares? He's a consummate
1: he, pro. He's a pro. He just knows what to do. He could shut down the other team's best guys. He, he's yeah, Vlasic. That's why, like, even when we had like Team Canada, he's one of those guys. Never flashy. He's just
2: damn good. But you, you and I both—we both, we both know who what's going to determine the series, Cam. Uh, can you tell me how Martin Jones is going to play? Because I don't know. I I don't know either. That's what.
1: That's another reason why I like the Blues. Like there, here's here's just my thinking of it. Here's my thinking. Okay. When I look at the futures, I see San Jose at plus two thirty, and I see the Blues at plus three fifty, and I'm thinking, okay, well. In the series, they're only like a twenty or thirty cent favorite, George. So what? I'm getting extreme line value with the Blues, don't you think? The the series is almost a pick.
2: Yes, I do think you're getting line value with the Blues. I do. Yeah, I think uh, the way I look at it is this: Bennington has to play well to great to give the Blues a shot in the series. He has to. Martin Jones has to play okay to good. This is for the Sharks. If, he, if Martin Jones plays great, forget it. The Stanley Cup is theirs. They're the best team by far, in my mind, but I don't trust Jones. We saw in the Las Vegas series, he was terrible at times. You know, even in game four, uh, the last game, game seven, he wasn't good. He was bad early. They got a break, and then he played well late. He came on late, you know, in the, in the overtime and late in the season, and he played and he uh, got him there. He was very good last series. You know, and I, but you don't know. That's the bottom line. You don't know. So is he hot? Is he not hot? Is the confidence there? That's why one of the things I'm doing if I'm St. Louis is you know, what you just said. They're not a great offensive team, but they have some players there. When in doubt, shoot the puck, shoot everything. I agree. If, you, if you can get a soft one in on him, you know that'll play in his confidence. You know it'll play in a team's confidence. You played hockey. I played hockey. We know how you feel when the gets in a soft one. You know, you're like, oh, crap. You know, you, you just be, and you play the game differently if you don't trust your goaltender. So if I'm St. Louis and you have a whole bunch of grinders anyway, I want to get people in front of the net and shoot from everywhere. Oh, you know, yeah, Tarasenko can do what he does, all right? He's, he's your skilled player. Everybody else, get puck, shoot puck.
1: Yep, I I agree. It's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting, George. And uh, yeah, I I I'm on the Blues. I think I I just think uh, getting an extra uh, plus one twenty of value in a series that's almost a them is absolute. You know, I think they can beat them. So I almost want to take them in the series at plus three fifty. And if they beat San Jose, then you can look at who they're gonna play in the Stanley Cup if they get there, and then work out the math and try for a hedge because plus three fifty is a good price. You see. Uh, your uh, Doc Peterson flip-off Dozier last night here, <laughs> George. You like that? Hey, buddy, F you. <laughs> I, I do kind of like that, That's man. I don't, I don't mind something like yeah, that. I, I like I, it, I, too. I,
2: I, I love it. I love it, actually. I think it's great. <laughs> it's I, I, fun. it's I, think, I think it's amusing. As long as you're not doing it in anger, you know, it doesn't bother me at all. Yeah. You know, you know, I, it's funny. Let me ask you a question. You know, how do you feel, you know, going back to hockey for a second, about, you know, after your, after the series and they uh, do the, uh, the handshake line, how do you feel about that?
1: I love it, but uh, Maybe because I've been brainwashed for it. Like that way, it's kind of, it's weird. It's kind of like a respect after war type of thing. Like you know, we lost. Congratulations. Like, it's hard though. I you know, I've done the handshake line a lot of times when I played hockey, and there's guys you want to punch in the face who like stuck you in the balls that did things to you. It's kind of like you got to man up and just say okay. You know, I don't like really like you guys too much, but congratulations type of thing. But I don't know. It's history, George. It's hard, hard to shake. What, you think we should gas it?
2: I'm very similar to you. I mean, uh, I get it. I do. But as, as a player, uh, it's like, oh, yeah, thank you. Thank you for that elbow to the face, buddy. I appreciated that. Yeah, yeah. thank you for the spirit to the yeah. gut. like that. Thank you so much. You know, <laughs> go to hell, drop dead, eat shit. You know, that's what i, think, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. what I saying, you know. <laughs> Kiss my ass. You know, do a little Chevy Chase thing, you know. You suck. You're an asshole. You know, all this sort of stuff as you go on down the line here. I don't know. Exactly. I just always... I'm just always worried. As soon as someone's going to ride out and punch somebody, you know, on this line here. What? Boom. But that's why right. I was surprised
1: with Josh Anderson. Like, Josh Anderson, when he got hit by McAvoy, at the end, McAvoy was like, sorry there, pal. And he accepted it. Like, you might not be in that good headspace. You might want to just, like, grab the guy by the throat and say, right. like, dude, you could end my career. You could end my career right there. Like, he handled it well, but. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things, George. I think it's tradition. It's it's never going to change, but yeah, like, I, I could see it getting angrier and angrier like over time. It's kind of like one day, one day something, it might break out like a wrestling fight and like some guy might get an elbow to the head or something. It's it's going to get, it's simmering. Let's put it that way.
2: I used to love it in hockey. where we and in, in pregame warmups, They would go at each other. That was great. Oh, I loved yeah. it too. Oh, yeah, it's great. Yeah, like guy steps over
1: center, like uh, gets on the other team side, straddles it, shoots a little puck at his leg. What are you going to do? And then, yeah, it's on, right? Like, yeah, no, I Love that stuff too. It's it's hard yeah. to win. It's hard to win that trophy, but it's kind of nice. In other sports, so, um, the thing I like about it, why I like it more, is it's kind of like a respect thing. And at the end of the day, it's a battle. You know what I mean? You know, you had a long fought season in war with these guys, and you know, it's like. It's kind of like, it's a respect thing. Other sports at the end, it's kind of like, uh, you know what I mean? There's more anger or whatever. At least it's kind of cool that way is even though the guy might've been a prick to you, it's kind of like at, at the end of the day, it's like respect. You know, we, we fought a big war and this is a hard trophy to win. So. You know what? In, right. in the end, we're gonna. say, Good
2: on you. You know. I think it's. I think it's the hardest trophy to win in uh, professional sports. Definitely everything, is. Everything you got to go through. And I think it's also the best trophy in professional sports. Yeah, uh, oh, it's, it's just something yeah. about how, you know, how they have it, having your, your names on it. That's that's pretty. Uh, that's pretty damn cool. So uh, I get it. I said uh, when I played, I always did. I always did the line. I wasn't a jerk who walked away. Those, I know people who did. Yeah, me neither. But it was one of those things that, oh, you're in it. You know? Thank you for that, buddy. That cross stick to the uh, the face felt real good. (laughs) Appreciated that. Yeah, yeah that, you got to man up, thing. right?
1: When, when when everything push comes to shove, it's like, you know, the guy might be a prick on the other team, but, you know, you man up, you say it was a war, it was a battle, and, uh, you know, good, you guys beat us, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's in the back of your mind for sure that you're never going to forget. But, anyway, George, we got the, the one bat baseball game going to go off, so we can talk to maybe a couple DFS guys on the other side who to look for probably a Boston stack against King Felix. We'll go through the baseball board next hour. Uh, the Prince will give us a couple NASCAR picks for the race tonight, and, uh, yeah, we'll look all over the sports. sports landscape and hopefully get you some winners that's what we me and george want to do george on fire he had a really good week last week we'll see if he can keep the fires burning i'm cam stewart he's george kurtz this is the weekend fantasy update guys stick around Welcome back to the Weekend Fantasy Update, or a dance. What the hell is this? this (laughs) I don't know. I know it is. Steely Dan. George got some DFS picks for you. He's on fire in MLBs, even staying away from hockey, because he's disciplined. Swing for the Fences playing Daily Fantasy Baseball with DailyRoto.com. Become the 8th Daily Roto lineup optimizer user to win a million bucks in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament or become one of the countless number of people who won thousands of dollars. If you're playing MLB DFS and not using DailyRoto.com you're doing it wrong. Ask Kurtz. Enter the promo code FNTSY for a 10% discount. You'll get lineup alerts, projected ownership percentages, weather updates, very important, fantasy projections and the use of the Daily Roto lineup optimizers that have produced millions in DFS winnings. That's the 2019 MLB Daily Roto Premium Package at DailyRoto.com. Use the promo code FNTSY and get a special 10% discount today. George, what are we going to do with this early game? By the way, uh, the optimizer probably likes a lot of Boston Red Sox, I I would think. And I'm looking at this contest, uh, uh, a lot of them, Detroit and Minnesota, 210, 215. Uh, If you're playing a single game, I got to believe that uh, Boston, you just like stack them against King Felix. They scored 14 runs last night.
2: Yeah, I think they'll score similar. To, I think they will score a bunch of runs. I don't know about fourteen, but uh, seven and eight doesn't no. uh, shock me <laughs> today. Uh, already said the Red Sox have their normal lineup today: uh, Andrew Benatendi, Mookie Betts, J.D. Martinez, Mitch Moreland, Alexander Bogaerts, Rafael Devers, Michael Chavis, Jackie Bradley Jr., and Sandy Leon. Uh, Rick Porcello is pitching for the Red Sox uh, in this game, and I, I think they're going to beat up on uh, Felix Hernandez. I'm not, I can't me even too. call him King Felix anymore. I see he's not the king. Uh, I'm not, uh, not even sure he's the court not the king anymore. Not the king at all. So, uh, yeah, uh, I guess if you want to stack, I'm good with stacking Boston. You're going to pay for it. That's one thing that they realized there. Um, Yeah. It's weird, though. The uh, the games I'm looking at here on uh, DraftKings, uh, they're they're not counting this game. They left this game out for some reason, which yes. is frustrating.
1: They're scared. They're scared. Yeah, I thought they'd have like a single game because I'm looking because a lot of the action starts at 210. So I guess the yeah. classic lineup will start at 210 with game one of the doubleheader. But I guess you could find a single game. But uh, yeah, if you're gonna play it, you're probably gonna only probably stack Boston. But we'll go through the whole DFS um, lineups and we'll do like the full game slate and stuff like that. And other guys, a couple double doubleheader today in the Minnesota Detroit game too. That's interesting. Minnesota they could probably rake against Ter We'll get into that, but uh, from a betting perspective, before we get to the rest of the board, I got Sean coming on to talk a little bit of NASCAR so you can get your bets in, George, because uh, that race is tonight. I love Boston today, too. It's like one of those things. I look for the dog in Seattle. I can't do it. My, my site's only a buck eighty. I think Rick Porcello parlayed, and the total, George, by the way, as we spoke and talked about it, up to 11.5. Wow, 11.5. This game is not at Coors, ladies and gentlemen. It's at Fenway, Boston, and Seattle, minus 180 Red Sox, plus 160. Mariners, 11 and a half. Uh, Seattle, plus one and a half, ten cents 10 cents on the run line. Red Sox, minus one and a half favorites, 10 cents on the run line. I like Boston all over the board. Uh, question is, what are we going to parlay it with, George?
2: That is the question because I agree with you. Now, as you mentioned, my site really uh – Nails the favorites because uh, I'm a dime higher on each, uh, minus 190 and minus 120 on the run line. They do take I'm that. definitely taking them. That's why I shop yeah. around.
1: That's why I got this one site. It's really good for for dogs and it's good for golf. I, I, I'm on three sites, but when I play baseball, I always play on uh, Mr. Green, my, this site, because I find that they save 10 to 15 cents. My other site has Boston at 195 right now, and I got it at 180 on mine. So it's good. It's good good jacks up those uh, parlays. So shop around, everybody. You know, it's like the grocery store. Me and George talk about it. 15 cents either way. If you play a lot. over time can save you thousands of dollars if you get the yeah, better right.
2: lines. Uh, you always want better lines. And like I said, unfortunately, where I live, I can shop better lines, but I can only bet on this site. That's it. Uh, boo-hoo for me. Uh, I'm definitely taking the run line. I'll take the <laughs> minus 1.5, uh, minus 120. I don't care. Uh, I think the Red Sox going to win this game fairly easily, so I'm taking that. You're right, though. We do, we do need a parlay with the minus. Uh, you got 180. I got 190. Um, I mean, there are, there are there are always options. Right? for parlays. Always options. I don't even mind going right to, towards Minnesota. If you want to do, that, I got minus one yeah. doing that. I'm not going to mind you, but I don't mind that. You know, I'm, I'm gonna look for something a little bit better for uh, so that. I could go. Uh, that's that's too high. Even even a parlay is not good for that with the Houston Astros tonight and uh, Gary Cole. That's my I got minus three ten. Won't be doing that, Cam.
1: No, yeah, minus three hundred. It's uh, you know what? I'm gonna just for a small play. I think uh, Minnesota with Pineda at fifty five cents. That becomes plus one sixty. That's that's good for me I'm just gonna put a, l- a little bit of a play on uh, that one right there because I really believe in Minnesota and Boston should win and then you turn it turn it into uh, plus 160 so Red Sox early minus 180 uh, twins minus 155 George it's done that parlays in and uh, not for a lot I'm just gonna dick around 25 bucks on that one and hopefully uh, we'll have some picks later on in the show big big baseball card and we're gonna bring in our boy uh, Sean uh, to talk a little bit about NASCAR these guys take mother's uh, day off so they're kind of gonna have the race on tonight, Sean. I got to give you a lot of credit, buddy. You told me to take Kyle Larson last week. He finished third. I know. I heard the promo with Mauricio. I left Martin Truex Jr. Uh, I left him on the floor, and I know he really liked Truex Jr. He didn't get that bet in. Another win for Martin Truex Jr. at Dover. Very, very successful there. And when we look at the betting board again, Sean, at the Digital Alley 400. Kevin Harvick, the favorite at plus three thirty-three. Kyle Busch, plus four fifty. Truex, he's there again, plus five hundred. Keselowski, seven to one. Our boy Boyer at eight, and Almirola at ten. Those guys round out uh, the favorites in the race. And Chase Elliott also ten to one. Joey Logano ten to one. So, tell us a little bit about this one,
3: there, Sean. All right. So this week we go to what you can finally say is a cookie cutter type of track. It's a mile and a half intermediate with Kansas Speedway. So what we're looking at here is another track where, from at least a DFS perspective, We are going to be seeing some dominators here today. These sorts of tracks usually produce a bunch of different lap dominators. So I am already expecting somebody like Kevin Harvick, who's been really great throughout practices and especially had the top marks throughout final practice, and he is starting in the pole position. He is going to be leading a lot of laps today, and he's going to be looking very, very fast. So I think Harvick right now calling it is going to be my pick to win. Harvick, definitely the favorite here. He did win this race last year as well, too.
1: Yeah, plus 333. It's not bad. He, yeah, he's the favorite there, Sean. But uh, you know, at least he's not two to one or anything like that. So that's a that's a that's a good start. But Bush plus 450. You got to always look at Truex Jr. Uh, Sean. He's just one of those guys. He won last week at Dover. Very. I'm really impressed that you had Boyer in the top uh, four. He finished third for us, which was good. And he's the same odds at eight to one. But what about Martin Truex Jr.? This just
3: guy just seems to deliver week after week there, Brent. Well, I do think so, and I do think he is going to have another solid finish this week. I don't think there's any question about that, considering Kansas is a pretty good track for him, but I do think that he's only going to compete for a top-five finish at best here, Cam.
1: Okay. So if we're looking at the guys then uh, for Harvick to win at plus 333, uh, who are some of the guys a little bit lower than that maybe I could put a top five bet in and give us a little bit of odds? Like, uh, you know, we look at uh, Larson, he's 14 to one, Chase Elliott 10, Blaney 20, Denny Hamlin's 20, Suarez is 22. Any of those guys in the mid tier there that you think could maybe uh, finish uh, top four for us?
3: If we're thinking about the guys that are gonna be finishing around the top five or top four or so, you gotta think of somebody like Eric Almarola, who is starting second and also looks very strong throughout practice events so far as well. You also have Ryan Blaney, who I'm definitely expecting to finish in the top ten. He starts a bit further back from the nineteenth position, so I do think from a DFS perspective, he's a pretty strong player too. But we also gotta think about guys like Kurt Bush starting fourteenth, who's definitely shown at the potential in order to score a top 10 finish as well. And uh, not even mentioning there is uh, Daniel Suarez starts fourth. He's been looking pretty solid so far too. And overall, a couple of different drivers that we can really pick and choose from this week, Cam.
1: What are we going to do if we, if we like Harvick as the favorite? we got to pay up, obviously, a DraftKings fan duel. Uh, we have to get somebody cheap if we want to fill in these guys. So out of all these guys at the bottom, uh, if you like the top guys, what are great DFS plays for very, very low-tiered, cheap guys, Sean? It's uh, That's very, very tough, but that separates the winners and the losers when you're playing DFS.
3: I've only been focusing about maybe five drivers when you go much further down the price ladder. The top guy out of those that I'm focusing on is Alex Bowman because in practices, he has shown the best speeds in comparison to a lot of the field there. He's definitely looking like a top 10 competitor so far. You also have William Byron, who's almost in the same boat, and he's a little bit cheaper than Bowman, but Bowman's been looking a little bit better too. Also, as far as other drivers I am using, I am definitely going to be using Paul Menard as well. He's another one of those guys that I can think can solidly lock himself into the top 15, no problem. And then, other than that, you got uh, Matt Benedetto. He's starting all the way back in the 29th position. He's definitely uh, pretty low down the price ladder as well, and I do think he's going to climb a few spots, maybe compete for a top-20 finish, and rounding that all out is a, a driver who is making only his second star in the Cup Series, and that is Tyler Reddick. On FanDuel especially at $3,000 there, he is going to be nice. this, cheap, the cheap, guy cheap. that is just going to be uh, the one to really plug into your lineup right at the end there if you want to just top load it out with top tier guys.
1: Hey, Sean, guess what he is uh, on the betting board? 1,000 to 1. <laughs> 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 Woo, lottery ticket time. He's not going to win, but uh, yeah, he's really, really down there, and uh, you did a great job. I'm really proud of you for uh, finishing. That's the good thing. Like, even when you get a guy at 8 or 10 to 1, he can finish top 3, and you put, like, 40 bucks on it, you get a little bit of take back. So, at Harvick, at th- plus 333, I don't think I'm going to take that to for a top 3 or 4, because it'll take the value away from him. I'm going to take him to win, but give me one guy, so we're going to take Kevin Harvick. This is Sean Angle's pick, plus 333 to win Harvick, and who else do we like for Maybe a top
3: four, Sean, that I can sprinkle and go maybe 20 bucks each way on. All right. If we're going as far as finishing in the top five is concerned, I think that Harvick is going to win. I do think that Almirola is definitely going to make it in the top five, as well as Clint Boyer, who's also been looking pretty good too. Now, other than these three drivers you can think of somebody like Truex or you could think of Larson because both of these drivers have also looked pretty solid throughout practices as well. Kyle Busch is going to be right around there with them as well I feel too but if we're only going to go with one my second choice after Harvick is definitely Almirola.
1: Perfect. And he's 10 to 1, whereas uh, Kyle Bush is plus 450. So we got we to gotta look when we're splitting up the bet between a win and an each-way top-four position, you have to have a little bit of value. Thanks, Sean. Good luck, buddy. Vroom, vroom, and ho- hopefully we get another top-three pick with our, our pick last week. With uh, What do we have? We had Boyer last week? No, we had Larson last week. So hopefully Harvick wins and we get a top-four uh, with Amarola, buddy, and then we'll make a little bit of money.
3: So have an- a good one, Prince. Yep. You too, Cam. And in other words, we pretty much just want the first two positions to stay the same this week. (laughs) Correct.
1: Exactly, buddy. There we go. There's Sean Angle with the NASCAR picks today. Guys, remember the race is Saturday night, not Sunday because of Mother's Day. George, anything in baseball, any lineup news or anything that we need to get uh, accustomed to uh, as uh, the games approach? I know the first game, Boston to Seattle off the board. It's a single-game contest. It's not in the big slate on DraftKings, but uh, you said everything basically is status quo right now, no crazy lineup uh, movements or
2: anything like that. Uh, Buxton's out for Game 1 for Minnesota. I imagine he'll play Game 2. Once again, doubleheader today. So you're going to see teams, uh, players on both sides who may not play one game or the other. Pittsburgh-St. Louis, they're going to start the game in a rain delay. Uh, they do believe the game will get played, but as always, there's a danger here. Yeah. I'll be staying away from Pittsburgh and St. Louis players in my lineup. Uh, also today, uh, Ryan Braun's out for the Milwaukee Brewers. He will uh, late scratch from the lineup. And David Price will throw a bullpen session today. So he does look he's on track to maybe come off the the, uh, the IL as soon as as soon as possible. I mean, he won't miss more than two starts.
1: Yeah, more more good news if you're a Boston fan, right there. Yeah, I see Pittsburgh, St. Louis. It's got like a little bit of cloud or whatever. We should be able to get it, but they're starting in a rain delay. You're saying so. We got to be careful taking their players uh, in 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 a tournament.
2: Yeah, I said, I'm probably not going to go that direction. I don't like, uh, taking chances on players. They do think the game will be played and that it'll be play. It won't be a delayed. It'll just be, it won't be an de- uh, in-game delay. That's what always worries me, in-game delays, because that's where you might lose your starting pitcher. Uh, so I worry about in-game delays more than a delayed start. And this one is expected to be a delayed start for about an hour, hour and a half. And then they'll be able to play from that point on. Still, I generally don't like to roll the dice you yeah, know what if that storm we know we all know meteorologists they never i don't want to say they don't know what they're doing but they don't know what they're doing uh, sometimes they're wrong way wrong on these things <laughs> and uh, i'm sure not taking are. a chance on i'm not taking a chance on zeros i'm not going to do it
1: yeah, no, it's better not to dick around with that stuff. You know, pitchers and the rain and stuff like that. It'll just screw it up. So, George's great advice, stay away from it in general. Don't even worry about it. Uh, at and Golf, for all you guys out there, updated uh, board, betting board. Sung Kang is leading. We're in a, we're in a uh, rain delay right now. I wanted to give up some matchup bets a little bit later. We're in a rain delay. The leaders are not even close to teeing off right now. But Sung Kang leads at 16 under. Duncan and Every are 12 under. Brooks Kepka, one of the tournament favorites and favorites for next week's PGA championship at Beth page black in New York. He is 11 under and five shots off the piece, uh, off the pace court current betting board, Sung Kang plus 145 to win. Kepka plus 280. Rory Sabatini. He's 14 to one Matt. Everyman 16 to one. And guys that I'm looking at a little bit down the board, watch out. He's getting closer. Jordan Spieth right now. He is eight shots off the pace at 30 to one. Also, Henrik Stenson, I like at 50 to 1. If you're going to try a flyer, he is nine shots back. And Bo Hostler, big Bo Hostler, the Texas native, I love that play at 33 to 1. He's nine under, seven shots back, but we have 36 holes to play. So if you're looking for somebody not like Sung Kang or Brooks Kepka at like really low odds of under three, Hostler 33, Stenson 50, those are guys I'm looking at. If you want to take a real uh, shot in the dark, Hideki Matsuyama, he is 82 to 1. Live bet at the AT and T by Renelson. George, are you going to make it out to uh, Bethpage Black uh, next week to watch a little golf, or what?
2: To New York, probably. Probably. I've been there twice when they've had it. So I've been there uh, twice before. Uh, Beautiful I might- track. It's an outstanding track. I played at Beth Page a couple of times, not black, but I played. Wow. Beth Page has four courses green, red, and yellow, I think uh, the other three. And uh, black. Nice. I always feel like, uh, listen, I, you'd love to play on black, but uh, I always feel like uh, listen, I'm, I'm not a professional. Yeah, these golfer. guys are too good. I've- <laughs> right, it's, I feel, I feel, it's a little embarrassing, and I should be slowing up other golfers. I'm a decent golfer, I am far from uh, any kind of great golf. My handicap's probably plus twenty, plus twenty five. So uh, that's just the way I feel yeah. about it. But it's, it's not a beautiful that bad, course actually. there. Last time I went there, at monsoon though, that was a week where we it monsoon for most of the week, and you're just walking in mud the whole time. So it was annoying, but it was fun. It, it was other than that, it was nice weather. It was warm. I don't know how warm it'll be next week. That'll be a part of it too, by the way, if I decide to make that trek.
1: Yeah, and we'll talk about this one uh, next week on the show for sure, but Tiger Woods right now, odds already out. The favorite, George, at 10-1. Dustin Johnson, 11. McIlroy, 12. Kepka 12. Justin Thomas, 18. And Justin Rose round out the top six at 20-1. to 1. Stick around, everybody. George will get us lineups for baseball. We'll go through the baseball betting board and a whole lot more. It's the Weekend Fantasy Update. Stewart and Kurtz. Stay with you.